Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five teams who have not met the hype this season. Here we are at the halfway point for most everybody. Um, And Garrett, you're not going to like number five. But they haven't. He would have put them at one. Uh, Number five, LSU. Now, look, this is a team that can still win its side of the conference and win the SEC. But with two losses already at this point in the season, they have taken themselves pretty much out of the college football playoff discussion for this year. And that was the thought going in that LSU Garrett would be in the CFP. Yeah, I think that's uh was the expectation. It's really frustrating and it's it's kind of when you look at how everything went with the baseball team, you had the second year, you had Kim Mulkey the second year and that narrative with Brian Kelly. Unfortunately, um things just aren't clicking. I think the negligence of how they use Harold Perkins hurt them. Uh you've had some injuries as well. They just don't have a breakout fast running back that can get away from some people. Uh so I think just a little small adjustments will help, but yeah, definitely uh, not the expectations going into the season. Yeah, I think it's yeah. They, they clearly are five and two. They're not uh, I mean, undefeated. They're not in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, they, that's not what was expected uh, from Brian Kelly in year two. So, uh, like you, Garrett said, though, I mean, they can still win a lot of you know they can win the SEC. Um, that's still on the table, but they can't afford to have another blemish uh, that starts to play with fire. So yeah, they're, they're going to be. And their offense is really good. Uh, they don't have the the star running back, like you no. said, though. But the, outside of that, the offense is pretty stinking good. It's just the defense is not. And um, and they, there's more to be desired uh, in the run game. But, I, yeah. I think you've gone soft with them because of Garrett, your relationship with Garrett. Oh, well, look, number – we'll see. We'll see what you think about the rest of them. Num- right. Number four. Look, they only have one loss at this point. But Tennessee, uh, I think uh, – you know, just the way that they look, and they haven't gotten to the teeth of their schedule really either, but they 
And look, two good seasons back-to-back for them is better than what's going on. But I thought, and maybe my disappointment is not so much in Tennessee as a whole, it was I was riding the Joe Milton. This is the guy, you know, Josh Heupel's the one who can use him in this ridiculous arm the best, but he's just so all over the place. And Tennessee is not able to, to look like they were last year. And they don't have Brew McCoy, and they already lost a couple of really great wide receivers and uh, Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyde to the draft uh, this last year. But Tennessee, uh, you know, as far as the team that can contend against Georgia, until they show up and Joe Milton beats them uh, later on, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't see, I don't see them meeting the expectations coming into the year. Uh, well. I mean, they could go out and beat Alabama this weekend yeah. and that could you know, flip it. all that on its head. I mean, that's a huge rivalry game and um they would be what five and one or six and one and be bowl eligible with the win against Alabama. So uh it would mean going and, and winning in Tuscaloosa, I know, but man, it, it's I, I, I just think the the problem here with Tennessee is just that they were so hyped up last year. It's like everywhere you looked, it was Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker, Heisman, uh, Tennessee, Josh Heupel, uh, Jalen Hyatt, you know, Blitnikoff, all like, and so those guys just got so much exposure, and the fact that they hadn't been that good in a while, like, put it even further under the microscope and uh, scope and blew it up and and made it even bigger. So they would have had to have come just like unleashing hell right out of the gates to to match that you know kind of excitement from a year ago so yeah I think it's a slower start um, but I don't know that they haven't lived up to expectations just yet just because they've only got the one loss and if they go beat Bama this weekend you'd have had wins over Bama and Florida and they lost to Florida yeah, I lost to Florida. Outside of the loss to Florida, I mean, you have win- UTSA, which was, you know, kind of looking like a weird non-con potentially, although UT- UTSA is not what we thought they'd be. But South Carolina, you'd have a win over them. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, th- there's just not as much firepower as there was a-, a year ago for sure. Yeah, and maybe it is not fair to say Tennessee, but maybe Joe Milton I thought would be yeah, that's uh, fair. A-, a lot better. He but throws it far, guys. Did, did you he- know that? Why did he leave Michigan? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Sometimes, though, it's not – I, maybe it just wasn't the right system. You no, know, like I that's get, what I, I think. That. Like it's just. I always and you when can I find watched it, him a gun, an absolute gun, but kind of hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. He's he's nuke Lelouch, That's for sure. Number three, Texas Tech. By the way, it's the second Bull Durham uh, reference I made yes, today. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech. This team was really hyped so much so that Joey McGuire even admitted to you when you interviewed Smokey that. You know, he asked his team, did I did I ride the hype train a little mm-hmm. bit too much and put too much pressure on you guys? And they've had injuries at the quarterback position. Uh, but, again, to me, they – I don't, like, not much of my opinion has changed about them because they very much look like a team that's in year two of a, of a system. And Joe McGuire's doing some things in the recruiting trail they haven't done. They've got one of the best NIL collectives going that – uh, is set up and ready to go. So while they haven't met the hype, I would caution people on saying that none of this is ever going to work just because they maybe um, they maybe did a little of this to themselves um, a little bit. But if you look at the reality of the situation, they're probably right around where they, they would be in year two. Yeah, you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, if he doesn't hype them up clearly he thought they were going to be pretty good and and still probably feels that way although injuries are impacting that but um if you don't and you downplay it i mean i guess there's some positives to that but you're also trying to go get micah hudson and you're trying to like build something to make it exciting and you know 
have it be the end-all, be-all. And so you feel like you got a team to go compete for a Big 12 title, throw gasoline on that sucker, like make the expectations known. And so I don't, I don't blame him for that, but I do think that that probably um, – it makes the losing that much harder because then all of a sudden everybody's jacked up expecting such great things. And when it's not exactly that way, then it feels like twice, maybe the disappointment that it otherwise would have been right without all of the the push behind it. But yeah, I mean, it's been disappointing. They're under 500. Uh, They very well may be even further uh, after the trip to Provo this weekend. I don't think that there's, I mean, UCF you think would be, as close to a guaranteed win as you could find on this schedule at home uh, towards the end of the year. But, you know, TCU, KU, Texas are still on the schedule. So, yeah, man, they're going to have their work cut out for them to go 3-2 and two in these final five. And that that game this Saturday in Provo is going to be a huge step towards that. I think if they win that game, they'll probably find a way to get into the postseason. But if they lose to BYU, it's really hard to see how that's going to be possible for them because they'd have to go four. Uh, no, 3-2. Uh, Two down the stretch, and well, they're three and four, right? Yeah. So five it, games left. They have to win three more of the five. Yes, yeah, so yeah. they have to go three and one if they lost to BYU this weekend. So that that would be tough. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, uh, and I don't know what's going to happen by them. You never know what happens, but you know that they are ready to roast oh, yeah. in Austin. Like they they've been like they've got other things and other bigger fish to fry. But that's like a game that then that week comes, and you hope it's a hell of a game. But that. That could be an ambush right there. Not an ambush, but it, it could be it could be a tough week. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, Texas A and M, and they're going to be on all the disappointing lists because they're again paying ten million dollars for a coach, uh, and they're they're getting not ten million dollar production. And Sam Kahn really hit, put it great earlier in the show. If if you missed that, please go back and and watch it. Um. A thousand times if you want to, if you're an AM fan. Uh, but it was, there are all these things, you know, if the recruiting ratings are true, and and most of the time they appear to be at least close, if they've got all these players and they're still hitting the same wall, like he's got a worse record through the same amount of games than Kevin Sumlin did at this point. And Kevin Sumlin was, uh, he, while he improved the recruiting at AM, he is um, not to the level that Jimbo Fisher is. So AM's still caught in this void of, of just being good and not great, uh, and this team may not even be good. I mean, they, they really, depending on how it fin- finishes out, they may not wind up being good again, and then that means you have to find $76 million because you're paying it to Jimbo Fisher one way or the other. So, you know, um, it, that's they are, again, disappointing, and they may not get to even their baseline of 8 and 4 you. Yeah, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, and 8-4 uh, and four is kind of hard to see right now, but... Yeah, I don't know what gives here. You know, we uh, talk about the hot seat and, and buyouts and all that type of stuff. That's a large chunk of change. I don't care about oil prices. That's still $76 million freaking dollars. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. And, and what are we doing? Like, what are we even doing? What kind of contract is that? I mean, yeah. what the hell? That couldn't be better spent somewhere else. Like, you couldn't find a, a coach anywhere that couldn't have done that for, like, half the price tag. Mm-hmm. It had to be Jimbo. It had to be that much money guaranteed. Um, so yeah, there's, there's part of me that kind of loves that it's blowing up in their face, you know, because that just seems so ridiculous, but I know that's, that's the business and, uh, I, I respect them, you know, going all out, but, uh, yeah, it's not going the way that they, they thought, and they're not getting the, the return but on investment. Like you said, do you trust them that let's say he's gone? No. Do I you mean, trust them to not go money whip somebody else? Well, here's the thing I will say that they seem to have learned slowly from each hire and added a different, like if you were clicking a skill set box, 
they just they the one they they thought they had on Jimbo Fisher was that he was an offensive guru, but he's not anymore. He right. was. Do they want did, did they want him because he was uh, a banger, uh, national publicity, or because he was the right coach at the time they needed? I look. I, I don't even know if that came into play. I think Bo. I think he look. And if they were going to hire, like it made sense. If you want to win a national championship, go hire somebody who's won one recently. And he was the one who was available. And at the time, like even though 2017 FSU was slipping a little bit, like, you know, there was no reason to think that he wasn't going to keep winning at FSU. And then (laughs) kind of all these cracks have shown up in the armor recently because, you know, he and Dabo Sweeney might have a little bit of the same thing where they did. They just don't want to change. Robert, uh, Whale gear, uh, 150, I hope they said that right, 150 to get rid of an existing staff, 200 million for a new staff, no matter how much they love football, these people yeah. are businessmen. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah That's it is crazy. It is Man, crazy. And, and look, A&M is in, they're in a prison of their making by negotiating against themselves. They're the ones that keep resetting the bar yeah, and keep like, raising it. And it's like you're fighting yourselves and yeah. you're making it worse for everybody, you morons. But, you know. Yeah. Look, if he wants to leave and find somebody who's going to pay more money, then sometimes you just got to let them. You got to let them do that. Yeah, exactly, man. Just got to let them. Dare them. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. They're going to give you the deal we have. Fine. See you later. And guess what? You'll have a lot of money to go find another coach (laughs) rather than paying it to the guy to leave your institution. Yeah. And number one, Uh, USC. Absolute look. No brainer. They are... They were supposed to be, you know, this was, okay, Caleb Williams, year two at USC, year three overall, um, you know, back-to-back, like Chase and Archie Griffin. The defense is better because they went and got the players in the transfer portal. But overall, and I think this is Lincoln Riley's coaching style, he needs to get a dude with him who brings physicality, who coaches that. He's the finesse guy, and that works out great to a certain point. But when you see when they lose – um, look, the Utah losses last year and the and the Tulane losses, I think the differences in those very close losses that were shootouts was when Tulane and Utah had to get physical, they made it physical. When Georgia beat them in that ridiculous shootout, Georgia got physical when they, when they had to get physical. And USC can't do that. And Notre Dame started out physical. Yeah, they they yeah. were in a cage match from the jump, and USC is like, I don't know if we signed up for this. Yeah. And that's where he's got to change. So he has to bring somebody, a defensive coordinator on, who just has that attitude. I, on the earlier show, I said, look, the offense is Hollywood. It fits them. Like, the offense is totally Hollywood. They got to get better up front. But offense is totally Hollywood, and the defense is Bakersfield. All right. They got to make uh, it Did he also take the strength and conditioning coach from Oklahoma with him? I don't remember that. I mean, usually they do. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not but, sure um, if they did or not. Okay. Yeah. Greg, any thoughts about USC? We wrap it up. No. Uh, other, you know, I think he kind of just hammered yeah. it home. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I still say, though, they, they've lost one game. Yeah. <laughs> they lost one game. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's still fine, but it's not good, and it's definitely not great, and that's what you expected was great with Caleb Williams returning and, and all that that came with uh, their offseason. So, yeah, it's, it's a letdown that they lost uh, to Notre Dame, and I think the bigger letdown is the way that they lost to Notre Dame. Uh, that was the big part. If you lost like Oregon lost to Washington, that's one thing. Right. Losing like you lost to the Irish the way that you did, that was that was the big bad part of the weekend for 
Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Thank you to Bobby B. Uh, Paul, thanks for the top five, and also Texas Beef House, the sponsor. Bobby B. Super Chat, thank you, gentlemen. Yet another great show. $9.99. Thank you. Appreciate always, it. always well done. And then one note from Brock. I don't see how you can collectively bargain with 130-plus FBS schools and the extreme disparities that exist between programs across the spectrum. Yeah, that's, well, that's why, why creative. it's only football uh, that you're talking about. And uh, I guess men's basketball would somehow enter the mix. But uh, Bobby, is that what you said, right? Bobby B. Um, Bobby B, that's also where the big split comes in. No, I that, think. that was from Brock. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, well, Brock, well, that's where the big split comes in. Because, no, not everybody's going to be able to do that. And, and yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that needs to be fleshed out from that. But that is where the haves and have-nots, I think, will be the most glaring separation between those two categories that that we've seen up until this point would be if you start getting into that that realm of cbas and things like that to pay athletes because there would undoubtedly be a number of schools that are like all right we're out like what's the other option where we don't have to pay players and agree to contracts and like let's do that like the real college football the way we've known it uh versus this new thing and then ohio state and texas and michigan and all you know big 12 a big 10 sec they can go do their their super thing yeah. and that's that's maybe where you see that that crack come into play this has been a rogue media network production